Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards, and on this week's episode, I'm just a footballer looking for a partner. Someone that knows how to play without even falling off. Gotta be competitive. Takes me to my limits. Man, one hour break takes off. I promise that that cross is gonna get off. If you're scoring, let's do it. Strike it. Cavani. My long balls. Waiting. Come and jump for it. If you're scoring, let's do it. Strike it. Cavani. My long balls waiting, coming, jump for it. Joining me as always is the I Need a Girl Part 2 to my Part 1. It's Tony Jameson. Possibly the most sexual introduction we've ever done. Um, <laughs> the, I swear, while you were doing it as well, I was like, you know what, that's that's pretty impressive. And it's, it's unlikely that I would get that song from the intro but i did right and um and and you know and, and saying cavani very very good indeed but i almost thought that you could have went with uh riding wilfred boney oh, would, have, uh, would have worked quite nicely that is actually <laughs> oh you've ruined it you just completely just just ruined it um i must admit because on on the second verse there's a line of uh juices running down your thigh which is a bit provocative if we're being honest here um but I was like, oh, that works because, you know, wingers running down the line. And I was like, oh, it's a wholesome twist. But I, I stuck with the first verse. Um, and I, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm still glad that I did. You know, I committed to yeah, it. Yeah, man. And, and and to be honest, I think our listeners are probably all incredibly aroused now. So yeah. um, welcome, everybody. Uh, yeah. I hope <laughs> just, you're all very well. Just, <laughs> just getting you in the mood uh, for some talk about well, European you know, football. You know the beat is out. We're all we're all incredibly uh, hyped up at the minute, and this just made sense, doesn't it? You know, like let's get let's get the sexiest intro because everyone is on it. I don't know how you've been feeling, but I just feel like there's been such optimism in in the last week or so. You know, the the the, the progressing with a, a vaccine for the pandemic, the bell end in the White House is on his way out. And the FM21 beta is out. And, like, everyone's mood is just picked up. And everyone's a little bit chipper again. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm assuming so, because I've, you know, not seen another human being for about nine months now. But, you know, ge- the general feeling on, on, on the online scene is that everyone's got a bit more of a spring in their step now, haven't they? I think you're right, to be honest, man. Because, like, you got to look at it. Obviously, we're at the situation where we've... In the in, in England, and obviously we're aware that we've got listeners who are uh, from not just the other the other uh, countries in in the UK, but also from further afield. In England, we've just hit second lockdown. You know, so everyone's getting a bit pissed off. And first lockdown was, I'm going to say, fine in a sense that it was over the summer when it was red hot, and everyone was getting paid to stay at home and drink during the day, and that's fine, right? But everyone says, what's lockdown going to be like in November when it's cold and wet and drizzly? It's a bit shit, right? So everyone got <laughs> a little bit upset and a bit down. And and I'll be honest, like this last couple of weeks, I've been a bit sort of like, oh, like really feeling it, you know, and just sort of going like lockdown's getting to me a bit and I'm getting a bit sort of like exhaustion's kicking in and just feeling like a bit not quite with it, you know? But then you're right, mm. 
the beater drops, and all of a sudden, it was genuinely like Christmas Day. Like, I don't know that sounds really, like, over the top, but it just felt like some... It was an element of normality in a really crap year to have something that was just positive. And it was like, and, and everybody, as you say, everyone was reacting in the same way. Like, Twitter was going into meltdown for about a week leading up to, like, announce the beta, announce the beta, announce the beta. And, like, it just, it was trending for about three days. Um, and then when it dropped, everyone was just like, yeah! Like, <laughs> It, it, this might go over your head because I understand it's a it's a popular reference oh, and, and it and in <laughs> and in meme format. But you know the the Mercy from Overwatch meme where she like comes through the the hole and like uh, you know it's all angelic and, and offers a hand to to someone. It was like Miles had come through our window with a halo above his head and just gone. Here is the greatest match engine that we've ever bloody made, and we all just went. <laughs> as we watched short passing and layoffs oh, and third man runs cutbacks and and, and, and oh. cutbacks and, and and wingers and wingers not going to the byline and, and belting it into the side netting. It's oh, like like it, it was it was ev- it was everything it was everything we said they weren't going to do because there was a global pandemic on. We were like, yeah. they're not going to touch the match engine. That's far too big. Like you've got people working at home. For Christ's sake, there's no way. The best we're going to get is maybe a new skin and, and the squad's going to be updated. And that and we'd have all been fine with that. But then they went, ah, we've fixed the 3D match engine now and made it look decent. And we're like, oh, so you have. Okay. <laughs> like, So I played, obviously, um, I was involved in a, in a, in a charity stream uh, over over the, over the weekend where we played like a... Shout out to Big Taff Man. Yes, you raised a lot of money for the amazing cause of uh, Fair Share. Um, so I was very happy to help. But we, we played draft mode, so I had to go back to playing FM20. Now, this is going to sound like an excuse for me losing both games, um, but <laughs> it was it was super jarring to go back and look at that match engine because I thought that match engine was fine and I was like this is fine I know my way around this it felt like an old friend you know and you know I, I cut them off when they were in the middle of a sentence I laughed at the same old jokes even though I've heard them all for the last five years and then and then looking at that and then going back to it's admittedly I've not played much of, 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 the, of uh, the beer over the, this weekend because I've been busy but going back I played Ajax um in 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 my, my beer save, and I was just like, "This is it's like going from drive driving a Ford Mondeo all your life to someone turning up with a, a Lamborghini and going, here's the keys, have fun.' Yeah, and, and and the thing is, like, that's a perfect analogy. But for me, I really like the Mondeo, and <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing: it's like the Mondeo is great. It's reliable. Yeah. It's trustworthy. You know what you're gonna get. You know you're gonna get good mileage out of it, right? But this 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 new this new Lamborghini supercharged is it's supercharged it's fast it's furious but I was like much like a Lamborghini driving it very fast it is prone to crashes now I've not had a crash but you know we know that there is some you know fragility in in it being a beta you know there is obviously going to be issues but just having that engine on it it's just like yes this is great it it feels like and I know that we, we can talk about, about Football Manager not needing a lot of power to run. Like a friend of mine, because like, I'm busy potentially specking up a, a, a desktop or um, I believe a gaming PC is what they're called um, for for, uh, for the house. And sort of going, well, maybe have a look at it. And, and my mate who does all that sort of stuff, he said, 
He said, look, he said, I'm going to level with you. Football manager could run on a potato. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. It doesn't need a great deal. Like, you know, and because of that, I think we've maybe almost let Sports Interactive off with the 3D match engine, like because a lot of people are playing on laptops. Like we're not sort of expecting it to play like FIFA or Grand Theft Auto or, or Fortnite or whatever. It's, we don't need graphical, huge graphical capabilities. Whereas the 3D engine in, in, in FM21 beta feels like such a step up. You're right, like that advance from, from that 2D to that 3D, like it's worlds apart already. And you're like, okay, it's again, we're not, the, the process and power of the specs haven't gone up dramatically. So maybe it's that thing of they're, they're doing stuff where they'll wait until it can be done right rather than just getting it through and getting it done and, and moving it on. And, 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 and I like the fact that the new animations seem to work. I like the fact that the new um, sort of thought process with the players seems to work. Like, I don't get how the modeling's taken place, given the fact that we obviously are in a COVID world and they can't do the sorts of mapping that they would have done back in the day i just really wanted to follow that up with you know we're in a covid world and you're just a covid girl <laughs> just barbie girl that's when you know you're overworked when i'm already thinking of, of, of title songs uh, carry um, on sorry but like all that so like all that sort of that modeling that that would normally go on obviously presumably can't happen um but the the intelligence and the ai in the new engine is like, you're right. It's just literally like someone's turned up, like Ralph Ranick has turned up or uh, Julian Nagelsmann has turned up and sat with all these pixels and just went, this is how you're playing this year. And all the pixels went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, and they've gone out and they're doing their jobs. And some of the animations are, are they're, they're delightful. They're delightful. And, and much like the song that accompanied uh, uh, New Labour coming into power, things will only get better with this 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 game as well, Tony. Um, because, you know, there there is a, thing, a few rough things, you know, around the edges because it's a beta and that's what you expect. Um, and notice that the pa- pass, passing networks maps don't quite work properly. And, you know, there's uh, you can't import training schedules at the minute. Um, but... This is why a beta is, you know, the way it is, and this yeah, is why they got I think a, a bug a, thing. But if I think there's a thing as well in the in the team talks section as well. If you look at it, I think mm. there's only like ten players, uh, and then the subs. So it's just that's just formatting, you know, and, that, and that's fine. They'll fix that. That's not a problem. You know, like that. That's that's the kind of stuff that you kind of you know you go okay well that's going to get fixed but the core of the game or the core of the game for 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 me and I imagine a, a lot of other people is that is the match they experience the match engine you know I've, I've finally gotten over the the new ui uh and the the the, the amount of information that's thrown at us at the minute i've just readjusted to it now um i, I love the the analysis stuff like pre-game post-game halftime whatever like that's been some really really good good stuff and, and obviously the um guys from Sci Sports have really brought their expertise in that that and there's some really nice stuff because I was a little bit worried about it maybe coming across as too complex but they've done a really really great way of, of uh, getting it across as easy uh, or, like, or at least digestible you know um, yeah like I, I, I'm i going to put a thing out there now and this is credit to, to Sci Sports 
I think I almost understand what XG is at this point. There you go, like, there that, you that's, go. That's how straightforward it is. Um, yeah. There's a couple of bits that I think I'm... And you're right, that Max JX Day experience is, is very, very different this year. I think there's a couple of things that I've noticed, and, and I'd maybe get your views on it, see what you think. Like, um, So when you've got the team sheet, now that goes forward before the match, I like that, that's pretty good. And any sort of potential hints to change your team based on what the opposition team sheet looks like. Your assistant manager might go, oh, you might want to do some bits and bobs here. That's great. Um, I, I feel as though, and what I've not seen so far is that has come at the expense of the old um, graphic of the formation that you get from each team uh, and a little bit of sort of like hints as to what's going on with regards to stats. That looks like that's been phased out, but it's in some games. Like I saw it in the German Super Cup. They had that as part of the presentation, but it's not in other games. So um, do you think they've moved to it being televised games or something like that? Maybe is that... Is I'm that not the... sure because again, like in Champions League games, I don't think it's it's there. Mm. Uh, I've not seen it in, in, in a couple of Champions games games I've uh, I've done. Um, also, it looks like, and again, I'm more than happy to be proved wrong. Um, it looks like you can't see who gives an assist when a goals get scored. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that as part of, like it just says, here's the goal scorer and there's no sort of, uh, nod to who's done the assist, which you know is, is a minor thing. Granted, it's a minor thing, but I know that some people will will obviously you know um, be putting spreadsheets together for themselves for their own statistical build up. Um, you know, so so potentially something like that might be there. But but you're right. I think the graphical. Let, I mean, let, let's be honest, the skin. The skin is lovely for for an out the box skin. That is like that's Do you a know banger. What? Do you know what's great about it? It's the first time in so long that I don't have to go into preferences and put the dark dark mode on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just there. I'm like, finally, this is great. I think yeah. Well, in terms of like match day presentation, I think the the only thing that really kind of has been a annoyance is the the var checks. Like they take up the screen and they're kind of out of sync a little bit, so I've missed a couple of penalties because there's just a massive box on on top of it. But again, it's just it's just minor stuff for the most part. I've just really really enjoyed it, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit about teams we're managing in in, in the beta later on. But I, I did it was quite humbling because I thought, oh, I'll go Roma just to see how Serie A is. <laughs> we played Atalanta in the first league game, lost 5-0. And I was like, oh, I was like, a high line with an offside trap this year is incredibly dangerous yeah. against a very good a very good team. But that, that's I kind of like that. It appears the offside trap is what you do not press at all on this in this version. Well, I, I was kind of phasing it out in, in 20 anyway. Um, so it's, it's not a massive adjustment for me, but... Um, yeah, I did. I did notice this a little bit. Uh, it, yeah, it's a bit. They're a bit trigger happy with it, and it doesn't always quite come off. Mm, but again, though, I mean that that may well get ironed out by the time the the, the gold release comes out uh, in a week or so, um, ten days. So you know, it could it could potentially just be teething troubles. Um, a lot of people already are talking about um, Harland being just some sort of um, how do we describe him? God. Just the beast, the beast of, of FM21. Well, it was quite funny because a few, apparently a few people in 20, he was a little bit inconsistent yeah. in terms of, of, of but obviously, you know, he's got, a, he's got a full season or, you know, somewhat of a full season under, under you know, Borussia Dortmund under his belt now. So 
obviously his stats are going to improve and his consistency is going to improve. But yeah, he does he does scare me quite a lot because um, I don't think I'll be managing Dortmund at any point. Um, but Tony, we're, we're here today to talk about European football. Um, our future of free movement in the U in the EU might be in the bin. Thanks to award-winning arsehole Pretty Patel, but not in FM21. So stick your blue passports firmly up your behind because we're going on a road trip around Europe. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. we're using their money and abiding by their customs. So, ha, in your face. <laughs> yes. It's like the good old days of buying Sergio Tacchini tracksuits in faraway lands on the European cup scene i imagine that was predating me and i'm we, just you know just, just reciting stuff out i saw it in a documentary going on a booze cruise and we're drinking it over there yeah we're not even bringing it back oh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have a, a pepsi max and go crazy and um, so we've 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 been tasked this week uh i don't know <laughs> yeah, why is it we it was me. That yeah, we've given ourselves <laughs> the task. Like, I mean, you know, granted, we'll, yes. we'll take suggestions from our listeners, but no listeners have got in touch to say, will you do a European road trip, please? Um, no, I mean, they, no, we could lie and pretend that, like, you know, thousands of people got in touch, um, like they used to do on Live and Kicking. But uh, the reality is, no, we, we, we set ourselves a goal of finding uh, five teams around Europe uh, in leagues that we haven't covered already in our previous episodes the the intention is that we want to find you know uh maybe interesting teams in in leagues that you maybe haven't managed before or you know teams that you remember from from yesteryear that were turn up in the cup winners cup or just teams in general that you might have seen in the champions league or maybe you aren't even from that country and you want to manage in your league uh, so we've 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 picked out five uh, we're going to do the format again, the usual format now of you go, I go. Um, so, Tony, what is the first team that you've picked out in Europe for our lovely listeners to maybe try out in FM21? Okay, so usually you would expect me to go lower league uh, anywhere in Europe, you know. So I, I'm not going to go Slovenian third division, which I think most people are expecting for my pick one. <laughs> Hold up, we've got five picks to go. Um, no, first pick, I'm going to go with someone that, that's in, that's reasonably popular and a lot of you may have heard of them. They're a little team from a place in Holland called Ajax of Amsterdam. Oh, they sound now, intriguing. Don't they just? Um, so very much, uh, I mean, you know, we, we joked on before, this is a club that has a style, an identity, a history, a product line. You know, it's the Ajax way. It's Johan Cruyff's mentality. It's total football. It's European success in a small country generating absolute worldy players from their own youth academy. Could mm-hmm. I, Tony Pulis, it and take it to a four-four-two? That's the question on everyone's lips. <sighs> it's not. It's absolutely not. Peter Reid suggests that they need a big man and a little man up front, right? That's what we need. Um, no, yeah, I, I actually are the team that we're going to go for. Um, uh, you say there about teams who've managed in the past. Um, I think it was on maybe FM20, uh, no, FM20, uh, like 2001, 2002, maybe. Mm. Um, I think I had a bit of an Ajax save uh, on the goal there. And um, 
<laughs> this is uh, I, I, I said to you because we almost did a, an area divisie. Um, yeah, episode. yeah, we did, we did, and and I said, I said, oh, if we do an area divisie episode, I need to tell you this story, and uh, and this was the time. So my friend and I were playing uh, this area divisie game, and he was so I was at uni, he was working at Nissan, um, the car factory in, in Sunderland, and. We, we so we play five aside all the time and like uh we play football manager back and back and forth on that sort of stuff and he convinced his mate who was like sort of big Sunderland fan um he was just reading the gossip columns all the time and, and his his mate was just you know buying everything that was told to him um so my pal said to this guy um oh have you heard of this new Dutch striker that Sunderland are buying. He said, "No, I've never heard of it. Dutch strike who they're buying." And at the time, there was there was talk of it being ruled by Nistelrooy, but my mate <laughs> right. said, "But my mate said, and apparently it was true. It was like two and a half million. It was it was quite close to to going off." And um, and my mate goes, "Oh no, it's this Dutch lad called Hans van Rentel," and um, God. and of course the lad's like, "Oh, I've never heard of him. No, is he any good?" So my mate created this entire backstory for Hans van Rentel, um, and then to top it off. He also said he's he's uh, he's got a cousin called Carl Van Heyer as well, and he was like, "Oh, he oh, sounds all right." Come on! <laughs> so, so this is the level of, of, of people he was working with. So, um, so we, we, the only ever time I actually used the editor, we uh, me and my mate both edited Hans Van Rental and Carl <laughs> Van Heyer into our area division saves. We took one each because uh, we figured that was the fair way of doing it. Um, yeah. And yeah, so so we, we ran we ran the Dutch league. I think I think he was PSV. And yeah. I was Ajax, and yeah, so one of us had Van Rental, one of us had Van Heyer. Um and yeah, so it was quite good fun actually because it's it's a bit like managing in France, I think. Like it's familiar, but it's unfamiliar at the same time. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like two or three teams that could do well, and then the rest of the teams are sort of like you know teams that you wouldn't really come across, but have a few good players, and they can pick out some results. the The rules aren't particularly difficult and different, like. Yeah, it's just, it's a nice league to manage in, I think. And then that real challenge of trying to create a European force with them really as well, yeah. which... Well, as FM players, we, we do focus on the youth development side of, of the game more. But it's interesting in real life with people like Mark Overmars and uh, Edwin van der Sar, who are now directors at the, at the club. Van der Sar actually turned 50 the other day uh, and Ajax TV produced a documentary about him and his career. That's It is in Dutch, but it has English subtitles. And then if there's players that he played with at Man United, for instance, they talk in English. So it's well worth watching. That's on YouTube. But, you know, with Overmars and van der Sar, they've come out and said that what they're trying to do now from a you know from a transfer point of view is is to bring players into the club that complement the youth players you know and, and and help bring them on obviously Davy Clarkson's come back to the club this this season um, and there's been a few other signings that mm-hmm. you know on the surface of it might not be quote unquote Ajax signings but I think it's interesting that they are you know obviously making a lot of revenue off you know the sales of people like Frankie De Jong and Matthias De Ligt and Donny Van der Beek. And then reinvesting it with experience to help the development of, of some of the youngsters. So I think it's interesting that the the, the model's shifting a little bit, you know, towards a, a different path now. Whereas, you know, when they initially, you know, two or three years ago, when they started to make an impact in, in the Champions League, it was very much a homegrown side and you know, do some Tadic. But there's a lad that they've just signed actually this season. Um, he's only 20 years old. He's called Mohamed Kudus who unfortunately, mm, real life, good. 
got injured in that Liverpool game, didn't he, early on? But he is a belting little player from, you know, again, admittedly the limited footage that I've seen, but he looks really, really good, really interesting. So, yeah, I think I think that's going to be a really fun save uh, this year, right? as it always is. But And I'm sure there'll be one absolutely unbelievable wonder kid in that in that young Ajax side definitely I think so I think so what about you what's what's your what's your number one pick then because we've gone we've gone with someone very very traditional there I think I'm sure you're going to go with someone a bit more hipster um no well no no actually I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in Holland because I've picked a, a Dutch side out as well and that is RZ Alkmaar yeah good shout good shout so they're, they're actually my 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 beta save at the minute um or one of my my beta saves uh, the, the the three that well no well it's the two that I'm playing at the minute is shockingly RB Leipzig what a shock there uh because there's a particular formation that I'm trying out with them and then I wanted to to have a bit of fun with someone else and RZ were a good pick but they yeah you know I've been I've been enjoying watching them in the European competition this year in real life they've been a fun side to watch uh there's some belting youngsters on the um on, on the game obviously Kelvin Stengs is someone that everyone pick up is it Myron is it Bodu? I believe it might be pronounced or Boodoo, Bodu. Um striker, he's great as well. I, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to try and pronounce that. So And then there's that Owen Vindhelm who's the, the left fullback. But there's some there's some really, really good young players within that team and, and uh their club in real life of using a lot of data analyt uh, analytics to have smart recruitment and bring youngsters into the into the team and develop their own. Um in fact one youngster who is in the youth team at Alkmaar is Maxim Hullett, who is Rude Hullett's son. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. They've all they've also got Ferdy Drulf, who was uh, an absolute your boy powerhouse for me for uh, for Helsing for Helsingborg. So um, yeah, he's currently he's currently a target man in my my four four two with them. So and he's working really 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 well. Yeah, so yeah, he's Stat, doing a good stats job. Stats are average, but that boy gets goals. Yeah, no, and um, we we drew free we drew free free with Ajax actually in 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 the one game that I did play this uh, weekend. Yeah, I've I've had a bit of a look at AZ, and and yeah, they they're definitely a really interesting side to to go with, and I think that we said in the last few episodes really like i'm sure you can go pick any episode you want we'll say the same about the vast majority of the sides that they're kind of suit us really like you know they're not yeah. quite the the over the top flamboyant like the top leaders but you you know that you get it in there and there's enough in it to that you're not going to be battling relegation all the time you're not going to be guaranteed champions league you're not going to be guaranteed the european spots but you are going to have to work for it and you are going to have enough to to mould and and bring stuff in, and that's what makes it fun. I think they fit what my DNA is probably going to be for for this edition, which is fast te- or teams that are fast on a transition. You know that sort of, I guess you could say that Ralph Ranić, you know, type of philosophy of scoring a goal within ten seconds of regaining the ball, or trying to regain the ball in eight seconds is is the sort of mm-hmm. style I want to play because obviously now we've got. Um, players closing down passing lanes using their shadow to cover you know pressing's more intelligent in general team shapes more in gen- uh, you know intelligent in general so I-, I kind of want to see 
how that performs in this match engine because you know potentially it could be really really fun way to play so i think a lot of teams that i'm going to pick this year for my for my longer saves which i'm sure we'll talk about in uh up and coming episodes you know i'm going to try and find teams that, that sort of fit that mold so right uh let's move on to, to your second pick tony who have you got uh next on your list okay uh next on the list is something that's not really me, I don't think, but I think uh, has potential to be me. Um, I've gone with Shakhtar Donetsk. Oh yes, oh yes. As a bit of a, as a bit of an interesting one. Um, I say it's not really me because there's a bit of money there. The expectations is that they'll win the league. The idea is to buy all the Brazilian wonder kids. Like it's not really the way that I play the game, but. Again, that lure of trying to not just crack the Europa League, but try and make an impact in the Champions League and and sort of be a force in Europe. Like we've said before about Sevilla being like that sort of, if you could win 10 Europa Leagues, then you've really built yourself a legacy. Could you do the same thing with Shakhtar? Quite probably. Like it's already set for you to do pretty well. And... I'm 99% certain that Dario Cerna is probably still there. Um, and if he's not, he's definitely you can not. just put him back he's in. Ma- he's managing now. <laughs> Behave. But he was, he was a, he was a go-to player in like all football managers was, was Dario Cerna. Um, and yeah, I just think that a club that's, that's quite interesting. Like again, you're right. This, this sort of tactic of, 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 of quick movement, of um, pressing intensity. It fits that sort of mould that you could build Shakhtar into quite easily. And you're probably not going to generate many wonder kids or in the youth setup. I would, I wouldn't imagine. I could be wrong. I don't know whether people have played as Shakhtar before and have generated a pretty decent youth setup. Mm. But I get the impression the idea is to just buy them. Really, just go out, find all the eighteen-year-old Brazilians, put them in the team. And- yeah, they they seem to complement the the Brazilian players with a strong core of homegrown Ukrainian players. But they're they're mm. you know in the team they're the the less uh, the less glamorous roles, shall we say? Um, but you know, Marcus Antonio, who was absolutely unreal on FM twenty, um, probably is going to be at an, another. Another gem this time around. Uh, do you want to know my my little weird connection to Shakhtar Donetsk slash fact? Yeah, man, of course. It, Donetsk uh, was actually founded by a man called John James Hughes, who was from Murphy Tidville, the place that I was born in Wales. It was originally uh, actually called, the village was called Hughesovic, I believe it was pronounced uh, before later, you know, changed his name a few times. Um Becoming Donetsk, but yeah, he was a he's a businessman from Murphytidville who who worked in in like the industry, and I think it was my yes, it's mining, isn't it? Because they're still called the miners. Um, so he had experience in mining, and he, he went out to uh, Ukraine many 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 years ago in the in the early twentieth uh, uh, century, and, and founded Donetsk, the city slash village slash town. That were obviously then, obviously the miners then set up a football team, and that's Shakhtar Donetsk. So there you go. There's a little bit of history for you on this week's episode. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. We want context. Context and nuance is what we're about, right? So with that in mind, with that in mind, if you've got a link to Donetsk, 
I'm I'm really gonna have to try and find a link to whatever you're gonna come up with now at this point, aren't I? Well, we are staying uh in Eastern Europe. Um, but we are we are leaving Ukraine because my second team is none other than Dynamo Zagreb. Yeah, that's a good shout as well, isn't it? That is a good shout. So, old Dynamo Zagreb are an old friend. They're, 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 they're a friend you used to go to college or, or, or university with that you haven't seen in a, in a while. But when they pop back into town, you have a nice little catch up over a coffee or, or a, another type of beverage and talk about yesteryear and 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 better days gone by when you were young and foolish uh that's what zagreb are to me uh, because they were one of my favorite saves in fm 10 and probably yeah probably fm 10 where they just had an abundance of, of amazing like homegrown players uh obviously people probably remember when luka modric was still there um and and a few other other players that are probably of the last generation that were really really you know standout players, but yeah, they they're just a great little club because I always find clubs like you know Dynamo where they are quite a dominant force in their league. I always find them a fascinating save because you kind of have to you kind of accept that domestic dominance is going to be uh, a given, uh, but how do they progress slash start to threaten teams in Europe. Because again, much like we've experienced in the past with certain leagues around the world, um, their, their seasons slash leagues aren't necessarily as, as in line with the rest of Europe. So it's always fascinating. Um, where is there going to be a, an Eastern European side that's ever going to win a Champions League slash Europa League ever again? So yeah, yeah that, I think that's that's the mission in it for for Dynamo. Like, can you do it? Can you win a European Cup? Yeah, I think so, and I think you're right with the idea of like an Eastern European save. Like, and we are obviously talking about that sort of thing. Like, you know, Zagreb with like Donetsk. Like, my next pick is again in the same realm. Like, and I think with with the dynamic league structure of FM as well, that's the interesting thing because obviously in, in previous games you'd have had when you were running it on FM10, you would have just had Zagreb would have been the best team in Europe, but the league would still be awful. So like yeah. trying to buy the best players, you'd still get pipped by teams in Holland or Germany or France or Italy, mm. England, I'm guessing. Whereas now I understand that, you know, the, the dynamic structure of the league will improve if you're doing really well all the time and the rest of the teams beneath you are starting to pick up in, in in Europe as well. So you could potentially look to really develop the league by be yourself being successful. So yeah, yeah. if that's the situation, then I think we're in for a bit more fun, aren't we really? And yeah, I think a, a career with Zagreb does sound quite appealing, I must admit. They've got that... Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce it, and I apologise if I get this wrong. Um, but Lovro Major, who's a Croatian midfielder, he's about like 21, 22, and he, he was pretty decent on, on last year's game, and I imagine he's, he's pretty decent again on this. You know, a little bit older than, than you know, a quote-unquote wonder kid, but I remember him being pretty... Yeah, pretty tasty on that. So, and again, it's it's given that the history of that club and and uh, their youth structure. I'm sure there'll be a ton of other Croatian wonder kids in the flanks. Well, you said Tony that your next pick, uh, your third pick, 
They're staying in the eastern part of Europe. So who is number three on your list? Number three, I think, fits the mould for us the most out of the teams I'm going to talk about today. It's a bold claim. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I can back it up. I think I can back it up. I'm going to go with FC Krasnodar. Okay, okay. Okay, now the reason I say that it's very us, um, they were only founded 12 years ago, so we are basically going to write their history for them. So that's quite easy to do, isn't it? You know, if they've only been going 12 years, shouldn't be too difficult to do quite uh, a decent thing with them. Um, They are the kind of hipster Russian club as well, which I know is like a sentence that is probably never said anywhere in the world, the idea of a hipster Russian club. But they're not owned by um, by the state or, or by gas or, or anything like that. They're sort of owned by a local businessman, uh, which is really good. He wants to obviously build the, the team and the, the sporting facilities in his vision, um, which interestingly enough, and I think this is where the challenge comes for not just in real life, but also in-game, is his dream is to field a team entirely of players from the local area. Okay. Oh, I like that. So it's almost like sort of a Bilbao. Okay, but... Sort of says that. in Russia. He says that. He's got Marcus Berg. I mean, he's clearly not yeah, going to do it. Yeah, and he's got Remy Cabea in the team. Christian Ramirez. Yeah. Like... It's not got, not off to a great start, is it? If he's just wanting to be, you know, bring in local well, people, but they all live locally now, so maybe he doesn't quite understand what he's saying. Maybe he's just <laughs> like, "Oh, I need players who are going to live in the area, so we're going to bring Diego Maradona, who's yeah, going to live yeah. here. Uh, then he's one of ours." Um, but no, I, I like the idea. Like that potentially, if if the idea is that he wants a local team, right? Fine. Hopefully, the youth setup will be will be able to be modelled. Um, and again, you know, I've not played much in Russia, mm. um, so maybe it might be just something that's a bit fun and a bit different. Um, it could well be awful. Apparently, Krasnodar is home to the Steel Lettuce Tower, built by the Russian engineer and scientist Vladimir Shukov, I believe it's pronounced, in 1928, uh, which is located near Krasnodar Circus. There you go. That that was going to be my closing fact. Was it? It's not true. Actually. No, it wasn't. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't. Hey, you be open, you, it should be. Uh, the, the way they're running the club at the minute, it seems like a circus anyway. Hey, boom, boom, boom. Uh, good choice, though. I like it. It's, it's, it's a little bit left of field, and I like left of field. Uh, speaking of which, um, I, I'm my third pick on the list is the, the, the only note that I have broke down for it is never managed in this nation. <laughs> so that's this is this is where I'm going with this. But my third pick is Bashiktas. Oh, okay. You know, be- yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of went with Bashiktas because I was like, I feel like Galatasaray, you're coming in a bit strong, right? <laughs> you know, like, that's that's like elite level. Uh, you know, Istanbul, right? And and I've been. So I, I got into watching something on Netflix about the Ottoman Empire, right? <laughs> and like the con- the conquering of Constantinople, right? And like how it was this historical city and this figure in in you know the old empires of the world and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, it'd be quite a cool save to do an an Ottoman Empire esque. 
Fucking save hell. where you're like you're managing Greece and obviously you end up in in uh, the former Const- Constantinople now Istanbul uh, and, and I must admit I had this idea and went oh bloody hell that's a bit that's a bit much even for you Matt um, so I kind of that's kind of where I've gone with Pashikdas I'm like they seem interested um, this so, is the sort of yeah. idea I would come up with like just <laughs> No, but you'd you'd top it off with p- fucking having them play four four two. I you know. I don't think the formation's going to be the issue here. Like, like this needs to happen for a start. Okay, like I'm I'm putting it out there right now. Okay, like you start saying I was watching a documentary about the Ottoman Empire, right? Like, <laughs> I watch a lot of Ancient Aliens. I'm not doing a save for bloody Area Fifty One FC, right? Like, I'm not. Well, you're a coward for not doing but it. But I'm now thinking maybe I should. Like, I should go, I should have Area 51. I should have, uh, you know, Machu Picchu. Um, I should start doing, like, uh, what was it, the um, the Salisbury um, Spaceman. Like, I sh- I, that's what I should be yeah. doing. bloody saves based off teleprograms that I've watched. Um, okay. I like it. Yeah, do it. Do you, do you not do that? Like, I've been watching... I've well, finished it now, so no spoilers. But I watched the Queen's Gambit on on the old Netflix the other day. Binge that fantastic series, brilliant series. I don't even like chess that much, if I'm being honest with you. But I, 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 you know, I'm sat there, and did I absolutely call one of my uh, formations when I was playing in Syria uh, the Syrian defence? Yes, I did. That's the kind of person I am. I seek inspiration outside of the world of football and football manager, and then I bring it in game. I suppose we're also ignoring the fact that I had a YouTube series called "It's Always Sunny at Philadelphia Union," aren't we? We're just yeah, that exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, congratulations on the MLS Cup. There. Thanks, man. Um, did you know, Tony? I'm going to leave you a little fact because this has become a thing now for some reason. Um, that Besiktas is not just a football club. It has other branches, including basketball, volleyball, handball, athletics, boxing, wrestling, chess, as previously mentioned, bridge, gymnastics, rowing, table tennis, para sports, beach football, and blooming esports. Hey, I mean, it sounds like you're reading from the from the the, the travel agents to go like, oh, you could come to Besiktas. We we also have a we also have table tennis and esports. Like, uh, you know, that's what I like though about European clubs is that they do all have connections with like loads of different sports. Because they're a community club, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not like oh, you know, that's what they're meant to be. We're Man United, and we have just done football, and that's it. Like we are Tottenham. That's yeah. all we do. We are, uh, yeah, and. I prefer the idea of, of the European system where it's like everyone is involved. And you would do, they've got multiple um, teams. Like I think Greek basketball, I think Panathinaikos, yeah, uh, yeah. Olympiakos is yeah. like, it's just a horrific rivalry. Like even in basketball is is, is mental. Um, but yeah, mm. no, I like the idea of that actually. I do like that. And I'd be really tempted. I'd be really tempted to try and get you to do YouTube on that because I think that'd be really fun to watch. Well, if I keep rewatching Queen's Gambit, I might be on the Besiktas Chess team in no time. Who knows? Uh, right, Tony, what is your fourth pick? I, I, I love how weird this episode has got. Uh, what is your fourth pick on the on your list, please? Uh, this almost seems straightforward now. Like, uh, I've gone with Club Bruges. Okay, dress it up. Uh, well, I, I don't really know why I went with Club Bruges, but I just thought... 
I don't want to be Andalect, and I don't want to be standardly Is it because you like the film <laughs> in Bruges starring Colin... What's Colin, his Fer- face? Colin uh, what Firth, is it? For, uh, Colin... I don't, whatever one. Colin Farrell. Yeah, one, yeah. Farrell, Firth. Colin Hendry. One of, one of the Collins. One of the Colin Collins. Hendry, yeah. Colin McRae, the uh, former rally car driver who was in Club Bruges. Um, no, I just... Uh, there's something about it. I just thought it's like a, a classic club, like nothing fancy again, like just... Uh, Belgium I've never really managed in and mm. Bruges is just quite nice so I hadn't watched Is it because you're missing Simon Mignolet and you want to see him uh, be the brick wall that he is between the sticks again? Um, I think it's possible it's possible there is that thing where my heart does pine for the days when Simon Mignolet could save footballs <laughs> and go when he used to be decent Um Maybe it is, maybe it is. Maybe I've just thought, you know what? I need to just do something that's not, that I'm clearly not going to do. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. no, they're now, this this sort of seems like the sort of thing I might do, though. Bel- Belgium seems like an exciting league. Obviously, you know, there's there's standard Liège, as we previously spoke about on other episodes. Anderlecht, Marco Kana is a, an unbelievable wonder kid that is at Anderlecht at the minute. Obviously, Vincent Company's there, is he? Anderlecht, has he gone back? I think it's Anderlecht. Like... That, that was why I didn't pick Anderlecht, because I was like, yeah, Vincent Company's already there. Yeah, but that's, I'm not that's... taking his job. But that's why I respect you, because you've gone with a little slightly left of field pick in, in the form of Club Bruges. And it's a great... It's a great team name to say, Club Bruges. It just feels right, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, and their their, their, their mascot is a bear. Oh, you beat me to it. That was going to be my fact. Oh, get off Wikipedia. Um, yes. So the official mascot of Club Bruges is a bear and is the symbol of the city of Bruges. The history of the bear is related to the legend of the first Count of Flanders, uh, Baldwin of Flanders, who had fought and defeated a bear in his youth. I feel like that should be the initiation for the club. I think so, actually. Like, you have to... You have to fight. Uh, obviously, not a real bear because animal cruelty. cruelty no, no. If this is an initiation, yeah. you've got to fight a no, real bear, right? But they've, Come on. They've, no, no. They've got three mascot bears. Um, apparently, two bears are called Bell and Ben, um, and a third name, a third bear called Bibby was added. So I reckon you've got to have uh, a, a Fight Club esque scrap with all three bears or, you know like or, or just or just or just a porridge eating contest like because one of the balls will be too hot oh that's good and then one will be too cold yeah or uh, sleep in their beds yes um there you go we've we've now sold club bruges um by fighting bears uh mascot bears or eating porridge against them yeah good all right also i, I also i'm on their wikipedia oh god on, <laughs> on on November the on the twenty fifth of November nineteen ninety two, Daniel Amakachi became the first goal scorer in the Champions League for them. Oh, right, I'm sorry, I'm back in. There it is, you're back Club in. Club Bruges. Uh, Here we right. go. My fourth pick um, on the list. I'm bringing it back <laughs> their to original football. stadium. Their original stadium was called the Rat Stadium. <laughs> That's confusing. There's too many animals going on. Uh, anyway, let's move on. My fourth pick on the list, Tony, is I'm bringing it back to football. I'm bringing it to to a historical club with European pedigree and one of the the leading forces within their nation. I'm picking Benfica. Get the klaxon out. Get the klaxon out. 
So obviously, Jorge Jesus, uh, former manager of Flamengo, uh, winner of the Copa Libertadores, if, if I'm not mistaken, with, with uh, Flamengo and uh, Gabby Gol up front, has uh, come back to Benfica or come back to Portugal and it's taken charge of uh, uh, quite an exciting Benfica team. Maybe not in real life, um, again, with my limited viewing of them, but certainly in the game because on FM20, um, I, I, I failed at the challenge um, by accidentally deleting the save when I was really enjoying it. Um, but a friend a friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Gibney, um, came up or, or, or told me about a challenge where you take over a club and you can only use academy players. So that means you have to sell everyone that isn't from the academy and you can only sign players that are 16 or younger to the club. So the idea is that, you know, two, three, four, five years down the line, you have uh, start at 11 that are all homegrown players. So I actually started that with Benfica. And my goodness, is there some absolute wonder kids within the, that, that rank? It's g- genuinely, I was, I had too many. I was, I was, I basically replaced my first team within half a season because I just had so many good youngsters. So I kind of like that idea. I think they're a really fun youth development save where you can see some real good talent. Obviously, that Porto are another side in the league that are known for it. And obviously, sport in Lisbon as well, where uh, a certain Cristiano Ronaldo came from as well. So I think Portugal is an exciting league in terms of like youth development. You get a first look at some uh, some of some Portuguese wonder kids, you know, before they, they populate the rest of the world. And yeah, I like Benfica. Obviously, there's the infamous curse over Benfica um, placed on them, allegedly, if you believe in this sort of thing, by uh, Bela Gutmann, who was uh, the Hungarian manager that won two back-to-back European trophies with uh, Eusebio-led Benfica. And then he left the club in uh, disarray and apparently placed a curse on the club that they would never win a European trophy again. And thus far, they've been in a couple of European finals and never won a trophy Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. so can you be can you be the person that breaks the curse hey look how's honestly how sexy are we being this this week you know we kick it off with pony we're giving you all this history we're dressing it up we're giving you narrative we're giving you story about these clubs i'm loving this yeah, we've not even mentioned the fact that I tried to sign Mario Balotelli for Dortmund. So we're just let's, leaving. We're just over that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've, I've, I only got over that by like yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Portugal's a really good youth development save because obviously, like the, the the usual one would be like Spain with with Bilbao, right, or mm-hmm. Holland, as we previously discussed with with Ajax. But I think Benfica is just different enough, just different enough for, to catch people's interest. Portugal does offer a lot of fun. You're right. Like, and as you say, like you can pick any of those three. You can pick Porto, Benfica, Sporting. Like, it's all going to be fun. And you've got a genuine, as we say on every single episode, you've got the ability to do something with them. And mm. and yeah, you're right. Long term, it's not going to be a, just a jump in, have two seasons, and you're away. Like, you could do five, six, seven seasons and only just start to scrape into getting into the second round of the Champions League or the or the, or the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And and I think that there's definitely a lot of satisfaction to be had. Um, and I think that's what we want, really, is we want satisfaction from our saves and not just instant gratification and success, which, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, it's a way to play. And, and hey, who are we to criticise how people play the game? But... I think that if I'm going to go to a club, I want to have 
five, six, seven, eight, ten seasons maybe to try and create uh, a project. And and to be honest, I think with my final pick, I think that would be it. Um, we've kind of steered away from obviously the home nations because, you know, we could do multiple podcasts on who do we manage in, in England or, or Scotland. Um, I've been drawn in slightly. I suppose I mocked you before, didn't I, for your Ottoman Empire? You did, um, you did. I've been drawn in slightly by potentially the greatest news story that's engulfing football in the lower leagues. The idea that Wrexham are going to be bought out by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny. <sighs> um, it's insane. It's insane. I think it's quite brilliant. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And and I want to wait for for the for the update or the patch to come through because I don't want to edit it myself and just like have a couple of million in the bank. Like I don't think they're going to be like bankrolling the team for like crazy money, but I think you'll definitely have enough funds to get by. And then if you can get to maybe the championship. Okay. Okay. Ooh, if you can get that far up, then I think it's going to start getting fun. But um, I know there's a, I think there's a guy called JD had a, a Wrexham save right. on YouTube for FM20. Um, it looks like, like you know, if you were going to pick a team from from the National League and you were unsure as to who you wanted to be, I guess Wrexham have got enough mm. history. You know, you talk about. Um, was it was it Mickey Thomas was it who scored against Arsenal? You can sort of remember yep. little moments there, and and you go right. Well, could you do something? Could you do something with Wrexham? Mm. You probably could. You probably yeah yeah you probably could. Um, they uh, did did you know in Wrexham there is uh, plenty of fine Tudor churches for you to uh, look at. It's apparently a very historical town, very very pretty part of of, of my home nation. Um, obviously, you know, well, and, and again, I wanted to do it for you, mate, as well. You know, because you know, I've noticed you've not picked any Welsh teams, so I figured, you know, I would. Well, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to pick Merthyr and then <laughs> like there's, it, I think they're so far down the league structure that I'd probably have to get a database <laughs> to get them back. So, and I, I know they 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 had to they they went a bit uh, culture when. Uh, rebranded the team and relaunched them. So um, yeah, I, I, I thought you were, you might lean towards Wrexham because I, I know that you're probably already thinking of a pun in your head for a YouTube save to, to do a Wrexham save involving all the sunny, I'm sure. So um, okay, right. My final pick is probably the most predictable pick on this list. That's why I left it <laughs> to last. Uh, I've picked a small club in Norway called Border Glimpse. Hey. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. <laughs> I, uh, you know, they had a really good manager one year. Welsh lads did very well with them, but was left frustrated at the end. At the end, and, and they had to part ways. But um, yeah, obviously, like Glimpse in real life are currently top of the Norwegian div- uh, division. Uh, only lost one game this season and are very, very close, if they've not already, to winning the title for the first time. Um, obviously, they finished second last year, so it's great to see them doing well in real life. I got linked to the wonderful BBC article. Uh, no, the New York Times article about them um, and how they've they've progressed as a club. And there is a temptation to go back there this year. I'm not going to lie. There is a temptation. Now, obviously, I'm going to be without... Jens Petter Huger, who is now at uh, AC Milan. Um, 
I know, you know, there's a few players that have moved on, and but there is still the core from last year. Obviously, like Patrick Berg, my boy, is still there. So I am tempted, but I wanted to mention it so I could lead on to this. Now, when I was sort of flicking through some, some leagues and stuff, I noticed you can go as far down in the Norwegian league as the fourth division now. Really? Yes. Like that. That's literally like village teams, though. This is where my intrigue has been peaked. Now, obviously, I'm going to find some Norwegian... Which teams Freddie Adu played for? And that's what we need to work <laughs> out. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Which is, is likely pretty every much team that's ever existed. But, um, yeah, I, I, that, that is... That is a level of intrigue because obviously, you know, we spoke about it before. You're the non-league guy. You love non-league football and you love taking a small team all the way up to the top of the, the English pyramid. Now, England doesn't appeal to me in that sense. I don't always enjoy playing in it. Um, obviously, with Brexit in the game this year, lol. Um, that's going to be a load of fun as well. But I was thinking, I was like, a lower league Norwegian safe as like one of my saves not my main save but one of my saves might be intriguing is this the because again we haven't we haven't committed to a football manager therapy save Mm. is this on the table do we do we stay in scandinavia because we did well in we we enjoyed scandinavia or do we do something different because this because this is my thinking there with you've got all the great you did with buddha you're now going, do I go back? Like, mm. people still ask me about, like, every year going, oh, are you going to do a save with Blythe? Are you going to do a save with Blythe? Yeah. And for me, I've already done Blythe. Like, I don't want to go and do another save with Blythe because if I don't achieve the same thing... Yes, yes, I yes, almost yeah. feel like I'd get frustrated with it. Like, so I'd rather sort of have it in the back going, I've done everything with Blythe Spartans. Like, from now, I just want to watch and see how they get on in the game. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if you're the same with, with Buddha or whether there is a genuine temptation you don't, you to... You don't go back to your ex, do you? You know what I mean? It's just like, it just feels weird. It's it's Because you, you'll be trying to relive the glory days and it's just not going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm knee-deep in uh, The Angels with Dirty Faces at the minute by Jonathan Wilson about Argentinian football. And I'm really enjoying that because um, I'm in that sort of time period where uh, it's sort of the 50s going into the 60s now where like Argentinian football started to to put behind its um free flow in you know a, you know a typically south american style and starting taking a more cynical leg crunching approach so it's a fascinating part of of Argentinian football history um so i'm kind of i was kind of leaning towards maybe going to to argentina and maybe being like racing club or argentinos juniors or you know someone like a little bit smaller than than obviously the big two Boca or river but I don't know. I don't know. I'm still. I'm still trying to put some stuff together. Um, Barnsley was on my list. Yeah, we spoke about it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Some, a, a listener did get in touch and say that they were potentially thinking about asking us, were we going to do anything with with South America? And and maybe we we might have a look mm. at it as we go along. Like obviously the rules are batshit <laughs> for want of a better phrase. But what I actually thought about that might be good for us as like our save because it's it's. It's a little bit easier in terms of like committing too much to it. Canadian Premier League. I'll be honest, I've not watched much of the Canadian Premier League. Um, well, no one has because like, but all right, let me sell you on it. Tommy Amiobi plays for FC Edmonton. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> eight eight teams in the league. There's a 
do you remember when the MLS did the MLS's back tournament in real life because of the pandemic? They've got like a weird island games thing you've got to get through first. But eight teams in the league play each other twice. So that's what, 28 games a year? Mm-hmm. Maths. Uh, top team goes into a final and then you have a playoff between second and third to decide the overall winner. You've got the challenge of then entering like the Canadian Championships, uh, which is where you play Vancouver, Toronto and Montreal. So you have to get through them, which is going to be massively difficult given the size of the league. So it might take a few years. And then when you get through that, if you win the Canadian Championship, you um, qualify for the North American Champions League, which has never been won by a team that isn't from (laughs) Liga MX. It's always been a Mexican team. Now, if that isn't a long-term save... Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I've got... I mean, what I should have said is that, you know, like, I loved the great battle of 1462 in in Ottawa, and that's why I'm going to manage Atletico Ottawa, um, who are apparently like a branch off of Atletico Madrid and are a club that are in that league now and managed by Mista, really (laughs) Spanish player. Yeah, this honestly, this league is great. Obviously, it's an official league now because it's it was introduced last year as as a part of an update. But there's this this some genuine intrigue in that league. All I'm saying is have a look look into it. And to our listeners, let us know if you want to see us go into Canada because we all who doesn't like Canada and Canadians. It's a know? fair point. It's a Everyone fair point. Does. And if you've got any suggestions you know, of of other places you might want us to visit other than Canada, then again, you know, give us a shout. I mean, we've we've spoken. Um, previously, you know, about obviously we've got our, our Patreon going on, which of course, you know, thank you for people who are subscribed on that. We've spoken about potentially in the future, way in the future when we work out the logistics of it, um, potentially having an option for us all to have a league where we all play together nicely. Um, well, there you go. But that's of course yeah. way down the line. Um, I don't know. We need, we definitely need a football manager therapy league. Um, Australia. Maybe we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, I I did have a look. At, I did have a look at the the A League as well. Obviously, the, there's there's FC MacArthur who are a new franchise in that that have Adam Federici and are you ready for this? That you will love this, Matty Derbyshire. Oh, like yeah, or Newcastle Jets and sign Andy Carroll. There you go. And there's calorie sat. Uh, there's, there's salary caps. There's uh, foreign player restrictions. You can only have twenty three men squads. Like there's some leagues out there who that are. Who would Alan Hutton look? Who would Alan Hutton look the best playing for? That's what we need to work out. Well, there right, is de- so there is des- there's Gold Coast Mariners with Alan Hutton. Two designated players. That's all I'm saying. So you could be one of your designated players. Anyway, let's wrap up the podcast here, um, leaving intrigue and inspiration in our wake. Um, Tony, where can people find you on the internet to let you know what league they would like to see you managing when FM21 gets its proper launch on the 24th of November? You are all more than welcome to contact me via the for uh, the medium of Twitter, uh, which is at Tony Jameson on YouTube. I'm currently playing on the FM21 beta. Uh, follow the yellow brick wall, which is my Dortmund save. We are kind of, I think I'm enjoying it, to be honest. I'm, I'm only early on it. We've played about maybe mm. five or six episodes now, I think. So we've got a couple of Champions League games that are going to go up uh, before this episode drops. Um, so get on that. And uh, then, of course, when the full game comes out, it's going to be a journeyman save, which, as we said, will start unemployed in, uh, well, we're going to say 
England, we're going to say the UK is where we're going to start unemployed. We may start in England, we may start in Wales okay. or, or Scotland or Northern Ireland, and then we'll go wherever we go. So that's what we're going to do there. Um, Matthew, what about yourself? Where can people find you? And can you tell us all about your lovely things you've got coming up? Yeah, um, I'm over on Twitter at, at mrichardshost. I'm currently doing a little bit of work at the minute that I, I won't mention just in case it doesn't come off, but there might be some stuff coming up in the future for you guys to check out. Um, obviously, we have our Patreon as well, which is patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy. It is £3 a month. There's only one tier at the minute, but you get two bonus podcasts a month. We launched with our Freddie Adu episode, our Football Manager Therapy Retro episode, uh, at the beginning of the month, and we'll be finishing the month out on November 30th with a podcast about XG and data analysis within the game, um, taking a little bit of a deeper look into what size sports are bringing uh, to the game this time round. So if you do want to support the podcast, um, it's £3 a month, patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy. We genuinely cannot believe uh, the support that we're getting on there and we, we, we really, really love it. Um, can you believe this, Tony, um, before I, I do the usual outro, that next week's episode is going to be the release day episode. That sounds mental, doesn't it? Like, given how like how we've, does, we've been doing it? this for four months now, five months-ish, mm. and to now be at the situation where, you're right, we are going to be launching, we're going to release the episode on launch day. That's... That's really that's really quite something actually. I'm quite excited about it. Gonna have to get your get your party poppers ready, get the bubbly out, and uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a celebration. We're gonna talk all the things that we've enjoyed in the beta, and we hope to see in the, the full game. Hopefully, we'll get some feedback from yourselves uh, via social media or wherever, and maybe make a decision on what some of the saves that we're gonna get involved with when uh, release comes around and generally just celebrate and and be optimistic about a new cycle of football manager and um, obviously as always please check out the podcast description because there are three amazing charities that we always support here on football manager therapy they are black minds matter uk mind uk and wall child so if you get a moment please look at the links in the podcast description and possibly if you can support them please do so but in the meantime thank you so much for joining us on a very enjoyable episode uh, take care of yourselves stay safe and we'll see you next week on football manager therapy juice is running down your fire if you're honey let's do it ride it my pony my saddles waiting coming jump on it